Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. The title of our conversation today, the first blank for you, is live differently. Live differently. See, what we've been really realizing about the book of Ephesians, it's written by the Apostle Paul, and he writes this with one intention, to encourage, inspire, and remind the church who we are. He writes it to the church in Ephesus, which was a church, a mega church back then of close to 20,000 people in the city of Ephesus, led by a guy named Timothy. And he writes the letter specifically to them, but really what biblical scholars have shown us is, is it's actually written to us as well. The capital C Church. Like, hey, don't forget, here's what this is all about. Here's what God's done for you. Here's what Jesus has done for you. Now, here's how it's supposed to influence and impact your life. The book of Ephesians is six chapters. And the first three chapters are all about reminding us what the gospel story is. The good news message of the gospel story that there is a God who loves us and wants to have a relationship with us so much that he sent his son to forgive us, redeem us, so that we could step back in to relationship with our heavenly father and be a part of his family. But chapter four starts with a very important word, and it's the word therefore. So Paul is telling us, because of all this, therefore, here's now how we should live. Here's how we should live differently. Now see, our relationship with Jesus and what we talk about on Sundays is not about all the works and have-tos that we have to do. But there should be an outward difference to us, right? There should be something different about what happens in our life. If I were to walk in and I were to run in here just a few minutes late after the message started and I hopped on the microphone and said, oh, church, I'm so sorry I'm late. I was walking across the street out there and man, a car just ran me over going 50 miles an hour. But I didn't have any injuries. There was no proof that anything like that happened. You would not believe me. Like I'm going to a different church. This pastor is crazy. All right, I'm not coming back. And don't worry, I'm not crazy, okay? So here's where I'm going with this. If we say that our life has been surrendered to Jesus, if we've trusted him with who we are, yet from the outward perspective, people can't tell that there's been a difference. There's no difference in the way we speak, the way we talk, the way we carry ourselves. Then people are gonna look at us and say, okay, you're telling me that. And I know you go on Sundays and you know, you post a verse every now and then. But if there's no actual change in our circles of family, of friends, in our workplace, we're just doing a disservice to ourselves, but also to the testimony of how Jesus has changed our life for the people around us. There should be a difference, not just before Jesus and after, but daily and monthly and yearly seeing that, man, we're just growing, not because we're trying to earn or perform, but it's because we know God's done all this, therefore my simple choice is to do this offer up my life, to live differently. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. It says this, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Come on, circle that word home for me. That's what it's about. See, it's not just about a building. It's about us as people. It's not about doing church. It's about being the church because Jesus has made his home in our hearts. Then your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. This is about building roots, right? 
Every hurricane season, I have a tree that I'm really worried about because it hangs over my house. And every now and then I have my tree guy just drive by just to double check it. And he says, you know what? The roots are deep, so you're going to be okay. Still, I'm a little anxious about it every time you get the report that the hurricane's coming in. But he always reminds me, the roots are deep. It's still alive, so you're okay. Don't worry about it. I want you to know today that Jesus simply wants you to build your roots deep down into who he is. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Would you underline that phrase for me? May you experience the love of Christ. See, the love that we have talking about God and the love that he has for us is not just something we should know about. It's not just the answer on a quiz or a test. It's something that we experience. It's something that we are so thankful for. Though it's too great to even understand fully, I love this, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I don't know about you, but I've wasted a lot of my energy and time trying to be made complete in my life. But where being made complete truly happens is in a heart and attitude of surrender, saying, God, it's only, I'm only made complete because I can experience life with your son, Jesus, who made me who I am, who created me with purpose and fulfillment and this amazing life that I get to live so that no matter what comes my way, my roots go down deep into the character and person of Jesus. See, if you want to write this down, what Paul is doing again in Ephesians is he reminds us of the gospel story and how it should reshape every area of our life. See, what we do with our life is we take all the broken pieces. Come on, where are my broken people at? Let's go. There we go. There we go. If your hand's not up, don't worry. You'll break sometime soon. Don't worry. It's coming. It's coming. But we're broken pieces, right? From our past, from our mistakes, from the things that we do, the things that have happened to us, we're broken people. And what God does is he takes all those broken pieces and sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it hurts. Takes all those broken pieces, melts them down back into what he wants to create and forms us and reshapes us into the son and daughter of God that he created us to be. It's great, but it's hard. It's difficult, but it's the only way. And Paul is reminding us that, hey, Jesus has done this for you. The gospel is the good news message of just how much God loves his people and how committed he is to them. That even when they're, they're broken and messed up and make their own decisions that turn their back on him and lead them away from him, he still is there. And that message should reshape every area of our life. That message should change everything about us. Again, not because we're trying to earn God's love, because we already have it and there's no other response. So let me re relieve some pressure from you today. Following Jesus happens one decision at a time. It's not some big thing that happens right away. Following Jesus is one decision at a time. And in this verse, we saw that Paul is talking about the power of God that is available to all his people. Like we, are, we have the right to experience the power of God in our life. And the word that Paul uses in the original Greek is the word dunamis, which if you can think about power and think about strength, is where we get the word dynamite. Once something is impacted by dynamite, it's never the same. Now we think of it as an instantaneous change, but here's a little example of what dynamite does to a little house here. I have a little video for you. Um, I put it in slow motion for you because this is kind of what our relationship with Jesus is like. You see, it's quaint and nice, but then he comes in and just changes it. But sometimes it moves at this kind of pace. I mean, if we were to speed it up, it'd be done like that. But a lot of times it moves at this pace. 
it's never the same again. Like he's blowing up all those things that we've walked through, all those chains, all those hurts, all those things he's forgiven us and set us free, but it takes some time. We gotta be willing to be patient and let him do the work one decision at a time. Hey, guess what? You've made a good decision today. You're here in his house. So you can be encouraged and lifted up. When you make those small decisions to spend a few minutes in his word and start your day off with some prayer or to not give up on God even when your life is telling you to, that's one decision at a time. When you choose to give when it doesn't make sense financially, when you choose to continue to serve when your schedule's crazy, it's one decision at a time. And it's that one decision at a time that leads to freedom, that leads to who you actually are, that leads to experiencing the dynamite power that Jesus has available for you. Come on, would you pray with me today as we step into the heart of the message? God, I'm so thankful for every person here. I'm so thankful that we're here experiencing you. And today we know that through your power, we can live differently. God, for all of us in here who have trusted your son Jesus with our life, I pray today you'd help us begin to make those one decisions to move forward. And God, for those of us in here who are maybe having questions or doubts, I pray today that through our conversation, they would step into that one decision that changes everything, that one decision to follow you. Lord, we love you. We can't do this without you. We pray that your joy and encouragement and strength would fill this room today. God, be with all of our kids next door and all of our kids team. Fill their area as well with the love of Jesus so that they can know that he is their very best friend who loves them so much. And today, God, we give this time to you. We give this conversation to you. In Jesus' name, we all say and agree. Come on, give me a good amen. Clap your hands if you're ready for today. I think it's so exciting to be with us and finishing out this book. I was thinking about how important it is to remember these things so that we don't get distracted. Because sometimes distractions can lead us down a path that is not good. This actually just happened to me two days ago. I was driving over to Brandon, which I don't really go that way too often, and when I went there, it reminded me. If you live there, that's okay, just the traffic kills me over there, all right? But I was driving over to the Brandon area, and I didn't really know where I was going, so I had my app, my Maps app, all of the above, right, to get over there. And I was gonna make great time. Like, I needed to be there for this wedding rehearsal at 4.30, and my maps thing said I was gonna be there at 429. I'm like, look at me, what a great pastor efficient I am being there one minute early, this is great. And so I'm literally like four or five minutes away from the destination, and I check a text message on my phone, look down real quick, and I actually take an exit that I wasn't supposed to take going in to, to the city where I was supposed to go. And I looked down on my phone and realized, oh, I'm going the wrong way. It's okay, I can make a quick U-turn and get back on track. Well, my MAPS estimate of time of arrival goes from 429 to 459 in one second because the, I couldn't make a U-turn down I-75 for like 15 or 20 minutes and then had to go all the way down and do a U-turn because there was no way, even illegally, there was no way for me to use the thing the cops do to turn around because I was going to do it. I'm like, I got I to gotta turn around. But it was all railings and there was no way to make it happen and I had to go all the way down to the next exit which was miles away. Here's the thing, that there is always going to be a way for God to reroute us back to where he wants us. But when we're distracted, we may make decisions and take exits we're not supposed to, that it takes God a long time to get us back to where we need to be. It might be a relational decision. It might be a job decision. It might be not getting planted in a church and just kind of going and hopping around. I'm not saying that's necessarily bad because you gotta be in church, but you gotta stay planted. Decisions to maybe not listen to the direction and wisdom God's giving you. 
Maybe sometimes it's in our faith where it's that one decision at a time when we get distracted and we forget that God is always leading us, that his love is so incredible that we can experience it. And it gets to this place where, man, I was like really angry during this drive down the interstate. I mean, I was doing, I was just me. I told Adrienne this story, and she was like, I'm really glad I wasn't with you, because I don't, I don't know if I could have handled your reaction. I mean, it was like the banging on the steering wheel, like, oh, man, come on. Like, I got to get there. I don't want to be this late. This is, their, this is these people's wedding. They've trusted me with this, right? Well, today is all about not getting distracted. Today is about making one decision at a time and focusing on the decision that's right in front of you. It's like if I wanted to run a marathon tomorrow, which I never, ever do, but if I wanted to, I wouldn't try and go run a marathon tomorrow. I'd try and go run around the block, right? I'd try to go work my way up one decision at a time. This is what Paul's reminding us. Check it out in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 through 24. It says this, Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Would you circle a couple phrases for me in this verse? Would you circle the phrase, throw off, and then circle, put on? What Paul is reminding us in chapter four is, hey, God doesn't see you the way you see yourself anymore. So you see, we see ourselves as our mistakes, as our past, as our worst thoughts. Or sometimes on the other side, we see ourselves in a very prideful way that does us no good. And Paul is telling us, hey, throw off all that stuff. He's telling the people of Ephesus, throw off all of that stuff. Because it's actually something Paul had to do. Remember who he is. He was someone that dedicated his life to stopping the good news message of the gospel from going forward. He was destroying churches. He was throwing people in prison. He was watching Christians literally get killed because of them telling the good news, and he did not want anything to do with it. He wanted to stop it. And he realizes that, man, I could carry that shame, that guilt, or I could just remember what Jesus said to me in one moment to get out there and start building his church and stop persecuting it anymore. That was Paul's testimony. That was Paul's story. And so I'm sure people would look at him and say, aren't you the guy that killed Christians? Aren't you the guy that was trying to stop us? He says, yeah, that's who I am. That's who I was, but it's not who I am anymore. Paul needed to remind himself, and he reminded us as well, you gotta throw off all that old stuff. You gotta throw off all that sinful nature and put on who you really are. It's like when you choose that outfit in the morning, right? Some of us, we probably take a little bit more time than others, but no matter what, we gotta put on an outfit, we gotta put on clothes. It's the same thing. You take off the old and you put on the new. It might be a daily decision that we even have to step into spiritually every morning, realizing, you know, God, I know the world or people around me or even the enemy might try to remind me who I was or the things I used to do. I might even be tempted to do that old sinful nature stuff to carry myself in a way I used to. But would you just help me throw off all that old stuff and put on the new so that I can be made more like you day in and day out? I mean, it's just so amazing. It's so powerful. Put on your new nature. Paul tells us in another book of the Bible in Corinthians that therefore the old has gone, the new has come. Everyone is new in Jesus Christ and what he's doing in your life. And I think it starts here first and foremost, right? It's what, he's, what Paul says. Throw off your old sinful nature. It's corrupted. Instead, let the spirit renew what? Your thoughts. Let's let the spirit renew the way you think. Here's why. Because what we think about affects what we do. 
What we think about affects what we do. What we do affects who we are becoming. See, in, in our relationship with God and following him and following Jesus, it's not, again, it's not about works, but it kind of is, too, because what we do influences who we're becoming. And daily, we want to become more and more like Jesus. We want to become more and more like the sons and daughters he's created us to be. And it all starts here. What we think about affects what we do. I was just meeting with someone this week, and I was telling them, hey, what is your normal perspective when you're walking into something? Is it to think of all the bad things that can happen? Is it to think of how many things can go wrong? And they said, yeah, usually. And I was like, well, that's not, that's not the best place to be. You, sometimes we just need to step into thing with, into, with the right perspective of, man, what if things are great? <laughs> what if things go really well? You know, what if I just don't remind myself what I think I am? What if I remind myself of who God says I am? And then we begin to kind of like little brainwash ourselves into who we actually are, but it begins to affect what we do, and that it begins to affect what we're becoming. To realize that, oh, I'm not who I think I am, in a bad way and in like a humbling way as well. I'm who God says I am. And I've got to begin to let him renew my thoughts. How does that happen? Again, it doesn't happen by some self-help thing. It only happens by getting in God's word and reading things like, I love you more than you could possibly imagine. You want, I want you to experience my son Jesus. The love that I have for you is high, wide, deep, long. You can't outrun it. You are a new creation. You've got to let God's word begin to saturate your thoughts. And that affects what you do. When you begin to realize that I'm a child of God, you don't let insecurity rule your life anymore. When you realize that every single person on this earth bears the image of God, you begin to treat people differently. When you realize that you were created to, you were created with purpose and to influence the circles of your life, you realize that you don't want to miss any opportunity to bring hope local, to let people know that there is always hope, to let people know that there is a God who loves them, and if he changed your life, he can change their life. And we begin to become who we actually are. But how do we do this? Ephesians chapter five, verse one, here's what Paul says. Imitate God. Circle that for me. Because it doesn't say imitate Pastor Ryan. It doesn't say Im imitate that influencer. It doesn't say even imitate yourself. It says imitate God. He is our example. There's this word again. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. There's nothing I hate more than something that stinks. And sometimes our life, when we're trying to do things on our own way, sad but true, we just stink. We are not a pleasing aroma to God. We're not a pleasing aroma to people around us. And that's not good. But when something does smell nice, like I remember places that smell good, restaurants, hotels, places you walk around, what? What candle is that? Or what air freshener is that? That smells good. I want to know what that is, right? Your house smells great. What is that smell? Like, we want to be there. We remember it. Guess what? Our life is the same way. And hopefully you smell good, you know, and you use the personal hygiene things to smell good. But also, spiritual aroma is even more powerful. Man, what, what is different about you? I just feel so encouraged when I'm around you. What is different about you? I just feel like you're the most kind person I've ever met. What is different about you? You just seem to really believe in this stuff. And even when you like try to help me and, and correct me, I feel like I'm still loved and cared for. What is different about you? It's because I'm imitating my heavenly father, God, in everything that I'm doing. And again, it's one decision at a time. What is the decision I'm making to live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ? What does this statement mean? Number one, 
when we're making a decision, it's just, is this an example of a life filled with love? Like, is this a loving decision? Now, here's the thing. It's when we kind of have to re-navigate how we've defined this word love, especially in terms of our relationship with God. God is not always going to tell you what you want to hear. God is not always going to celebrate the things that are going on in your life. Sometimes he may look at you and say, hey, you got to stop doing that. And that's true love because he's helping us get back to where we're supposed to be. And that, sometimes we have to be that kind of friend to people as well. Hey, you know that decision you're making? That's hurting you. You know that road you're going down? That's hurting you. And that we do that filled with love, but we also bring encouragement and grace and peace and strength to them through it all. And then we don't have to walk through this life lost. What does it say? You're following an example. Same thing like when I was using my Maps app to get to where I'm going. I know where I'm going because I can see it in front of me. When you get to the places in life where you don't know where you're going, when you get to this place in life where you feel like you're lost, I would ask you how clear is the example of Jesus you've been putting in front of you? Has time in his word you know, has that gone down? Has time in worship and experiencing him gone away? Has being in life-giving community of his church gone away? Have you removed voices of believers and people who follow Jesus as well and put it around put, and turned up the voices of other people who just tell you and do, and things you don't want to, you need to, or you want to hear and aren't good examples for you? So we got to turn back up the example of Jesus, the focal point of where we're going, because he's who we follow even when we can't see the next step in front of us. If I can see the horizon, if I can see the focal point of Jesus, I know the direction to go. I know where I'm going. I know who I'm following. What's so powerful about it is God never commanded us to be spiritual. He just said, walk with me. I was leaning into this quote. Uh, I read this, uh, this little book right here every, every day. It's called My Utmost for His Highest. It's by Oswald Chambers. If you don't have it, you should get it. It's on Amazon. I think it's like seven or eight bucks. It's worth it. It's little page devotionals that you can read every day. Well, this is the one just from a couple days ago that I want to read to you. I think I have it on the screen. If not, there it is. So it says this. There's no thrill for us in walking, yet it is the test for all our steady and enduring qualities. To walk and not faint is the highest stretch possible as a measure of strength. This is the big part. God does not command us to be spiritual, but he says simply, walk with me. Ephesians 5, chapter 1, imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. He loved us and offered himself for us. So there's a lot of power in this because it, it can lead us to doing things we never thought possible. A lot of you guys know that Adrian and I, we have a three and a, almost three-and-a-half-year-old son, Shepard. He's next door at Kids Church right now. He is awesome. He's the best. But recently, he's learned to do something that, man, he only, the only way he learned how to do it was by imitating his parents. Now, in the front of our house, we have our office, which has all the expensive stuff that Shepard is not allowed to touch. Computers, our, another TV's in there, other things that we store in there, office work, right? Like a little baby does not play well in an office, right? Or even a three-year-old, even more so, doesn't play well in an office. So we make sure that front door stays locked. We make sure that he doesn't go in there. But what we do is we have, to, we have to make sure we lock ourselves out as well because then Shepard can't go in. So what I do is I usually have a little coin that I set on the windowsill next to the office and I just put it in the door and I turn the lock from the outside so that I can get in and he doesn't know how to do that. Until a couple days ago, he came up to me and he was like, Daddy, watch this. I'm like, oh man, what's about to happen? Normally he's about to do something crazy or jump off the couch or usually things that make me laugh. This one made me laugh, but also stressed me out. He runs over to the windowsill, grabs my little coin that I keep there, and he puts it in the doorknob 
and turns it and opens the door and walks in. I'm like, okay, I gotta like padlock this thing now. I'm gonna have to chain this door, put some boards up, because you can't be in the office, Shepard, all right? There's a lot of expensive stuff in there. But how did he know how to do that? Because even though I thought he was sitting on the couch watching his shows or playing with his cars, secretly he was spying on me and watching me of how I would get into this office. And he now knew how to do it. So see, the thing is, he would never have figured that out on his own. He had to imitate what I was doing. Here's the thing. We are trying to figure things out on our own, walk through doors that we feel are locking us out, or walk through doors that are keeping us out from the fulfillment and purpose that we think we're supposed to have, but we're not just letting go and trusting God and watching what he's doing, watching how he is opening the door, making a way for us. We're called to imitate God, not try and do this stuff on our own. Follow the example of Jesus. What did Jesus do? I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life. I came to spend time with my father on a daily basis so that I could impact and influence the world around me. See, here's the thing. I think this is really freeing for a lot of us in here, is that perfection isn't the goal. Remaining faithful is. This is not about trying to be perfect because none of us in here are perfect. But all of us have the decision to be faithful. What is faithfulness? Showing up? Just making the decision to show up. Making the decision to show up in God's presence even when it feels like forever since you felt him last. Because it's knowing it's about, it's not whether or not, I'll be honest with you, sometimes on Sundays, like, I'm just like, okay, you know, just, it's just I don't know what's going on today. I just feel like it feels, feels a little, like something's not happening. But what's freeing in those moments is, no, it doesn't, oh, it's not based on how I feel. It's not based on who's worshiping. It's based on who's being worshiped, Right? And so for me, I'm just going to stay faithful in God's presence. I'm going to stay faithful knowing that it doesn't matter how I feel or what's going on in my life. I am believing and worshiping an unchanging God who is the same yesterday and forever. So when it depends on his character, it doesn't matter really what's going on in my life if I choose to remain faithful. See, I believe one of the biggest things that we've lost is just consistency. We stop doing things when it gets difficult. Guess what? Following Jesus is going to be difficult. Just like we prayed earlier, you know, some people are going through things in this world that we have no idea, and a lot of them are going through it because they're following Jesus. For us, it's culturally, nationally, it's kind of easy to follow Jesus, right? In other areas of the world, it's not like that. For us, we have to realize we've been blessed to be where we're at, and we can, be, and we can remain faithful in our dedication to Jesus and our devotion to our Heavenly Father. And sometimes it's not, and we know it's not based on feeling, any relationship that you base on feeling is not going to be a long-lasting, healthy relationship. Just a little word of advice for you. Because sometimes the person you're in a relationship with is going to make you angry. They're not going to fulfill you. You are going to not like them even though you love them at some point, right? But the decision there is to remain faithful and to stay. I, can, I promise you I've been following Jesus since I was five or six years old. It's been a crazy journey. But I, I can promise you I've never regretted staying faithful. There hasn't been one moment where I've been, well, you know what? I really just should have given up for two reasons. I've been in those seasons where I've given up for a little bit and realized, what am I doing? But also, in all honesty, I've seen examples of other people's lives who have followed the same trajectory as me, and they've given up, and where they're at now is no good. They're relationally messed up. They're emotionally messed up. Why? Because they gave up on the one thing that can heal them and restore them and guide them into who they really are. It's not about being perfect. So guess what? Your relationship with Jesus is not going to be perfect. But you can remain faithful. You can choose to be in the room. 
You can choose to be available. You can choose to say, you know what, no matter how I feel, God, no matter what's going on in my life, I am going to be here. One of the most powerful verses you can pray is in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah where he says, hey God, here I am. Whatever you wanna do, send me, use me. Here I am, I'm here for you. Just remain faithful. You don't have to be perfect. You just gotta remember who you are and remain faithful. Stay consistent, keep going. Don't give up now. Let's keep going in Ephesians chapter five, just a few verses later, it says this in verse 15. So be careful how you live. Would you circle that, underline it, draw some arrows to it, because it's important. The way we live is important, and we have to be intentional about it. Paul says, be careful how you live. Remember, he is speaking to a lot of people who did not follow Jesus for most of their life. They had given their life and devotion to the religious temple that was there, which was around the a temple of a God who had no power, a lowercase g, God had no power in their life, but even though it was the center focal point of the city, he's saying, hey, be careful how you live, because it's not about just what happens inside the building, it's not about just about the religious things that you do, it's about how you live. It's about one step after the other, one decision at a time. I love this, maybe this is good for us, good for me. Don't live like fools, that's a good line. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What is this whole verse saying? Be intentional about your life. Make decisions about your life when it comes to following Jesus and trusting God. Remembering it's not about being perfect, but it's about remaining faithful. I love this line. It's, Don't live like fools. It's probably an easy compass to keep in front of you. Is that something a fool would do? Okay, I probably shouldn't do it then, right? Like what Paul's referring to is another god back then. The, the, I think his name was uh, Bacchus or Bracchus or something like that. But he was the god of wine, right? And so he was telling the Ephesus, the Ephesians, like, hey, don't just serve that god and go all foolish, crazy, and do whatever you want to do. It's not what you're supposed to do because they live without restraint. They live without an example that they're following. It's just about feeling good, which that's what not, life is not about that. He says make, make the most of every opportunity in the original Greek, the word that Paul uses is actually the word time, and the word that he writes there is actually this concept of redeemed time. This understanding that, hey, we are all going to leave this earth one day, and the things that we can do here on this earth don't really happen necessarily in eternity anymore. When it comes to spending eternity with, with Jesus in heaven, we can't really tell people about Jesus while we're there, because that's kind of why they're there. We can't really help a lost and broken world because everything's been redeemed and made whole for eternity with Jesus. It's just something we believe in. It's, it's something we hold on to. So, so right now, we've got to make the most of every, every opportunity to impact people with the hope that has a name, and that name is Jesus. Here's the thing I want you to understand and never forget this, is that God has, des has designed us to make a difference in the world around us. Some of the biggest frustration, I think, in our life comes from forgetting this statement, that we've been designed to make a difference that you've been designed to have a purpose and use that purpose to serve and influence and inspire people around you. It's what we see with our, what we call the home team every single Sunday morning. Man, they come here early, they get things ready, they clean chairs, they get stuff set up in this room in our kids area, they unload our truck outside, they do whatever it takes because they know it's not just about doing something, it's about making a difference. And the most fulfilled people on our home team are the ones that even when they don't feel like waking up, they still do and they remain faithful. And they realize that, man, there's gonna be people sitting in that seat today. There's gonna be someone drinking that cup of coffee today. 
There's going to be a kid that plays with that toy today. So I'm going to make a difference. And again, when I do things during the message, these aren't announcements. These are invitations for you. Just a couple weeks, we're bringing back what we call Growth Track. August 8th, Sunday, August 8th, we're bringing Growth Track back. What is that? The track where you can grow. And the main thing we help you do is find your purpose again. So you can realize that you can make a difference in the life of a young child or make the difference in someone's life. No matter what talents you may have, you're all talented and have purpose in something. Whether it's singing, whether it's setting up a chair, whether it's making coffee, whether it's parking a car, whatever it is, it all makes a difference. And you were designed to do that. When we give up on that, we get frustrated. When we give up on that, we get lost. We forget who we really are. Man, I know that I love serving God's house. There is nothing I would rather do because I know it's something that God is proud of. And I know it's something that God is involved with. That he designed you to make a difference, not just through the church, but in your family as well. Working alongside him as he helps build your house and build your family. It's how you were designed. It's the best. There's nothing like it. I'm going to encourage you, if you're not serving, if you haven't gone through growth track today, go through it. Put it on the calendar. We'll be at one service, so it'll be at like 11 o'clock right after service. Get you out before lunch. It'll be great. It's going to be really good. And again, this is not something that you have to do. We say it all the time, serving is not something you have to do, it's something we get to do and we're excited to do it. There's no pressure to do this, but there's potential and purpose inside of you to make a difference. Here's some other things. Remember about the whole get rid of, throw off, put on. Here's some decisions to make this week in your life. It's to get rid of all this stuff, lies, anger, theft, gossip, revenge, promiscuity, drunkenness, get rid of all that stuff, all right? Just make the decision today, get rid of all this stuff. What am I putting on? Truth, peace, generosity, encouragement, forgiveness, self-control, and God's spirit. I mean, just make the decision right now, man. If it falls into under this stuff, the lies, the anger, I'm getting rid of that, and I'm putting on the new nature of God that I have in my life. I'm putting on the new nature that God and Jesus has made possible to step into in my life. I love the last one, right? Put on God's Spirit. You can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can't do this without realizing that Jesus has left you someone. He said this himself. I am leaving you someone better to help you continue to live this life. And he's an advocate for you. He is a counselor. He is someone who makes you strong. It is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I thought about it this way. I have this little baseball glove here, right? Now, you look at this, you know it's a baseball glove. You know it has the potential to catch a baseball. Now, I could try and use it the wrong way and use it with two hands or you know, try and throw the mitt and catch the ball, but there's one specific way this baseball glove has been designed to be used. And it's to open itself up and allow something that has life and strength to enter into it so that it can be used the way it was meant to be used. A lot of us are so frustrated is because we're trying to use our life in a kind of a goofy way, it wasn't designed to be used. We're trying to do it, oh, this is just the easier way, right? I don't wanna put my, I don't wanna open up, I mean, it might be dirty in there, right? I don't wanna like do that, it's easier to do it this way, but it's never gonna be used to the actual potential and purpose that it has. So we have to open up to the Spirit of God moving in our life, to kind of like sometimes open and close our life in a way that He chooses best so we can catch what God has for us, so we can catch the potential good things that God has for me and you. You know what this is. I don't have to put my hand in it for you to know what it is, and you know who you are, but you can't be fully utilized and fulfilled and live differently until you surrender to Jesus in every area of your life. 
let him move in your life in any way that he wants so that you can catch and receive the amazing things that he has for you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 says this, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil, and after the battle you will still be standing firm. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, I encourage you to go read it this week, it talks about the armor of God, which are amazing things. That would be a series and collection of talks all on its own. But I don't want to kind of mention it because it's, it deserves to be paid attention to. So read Ephesians chapter 6 this, 6 this week. But what it says is, put on every piece of armor that you got. If we're putting on armor, probably means that we're stepping into a battle, right? But here's what this verse says that I want to encourage you with today as we close. After the battle, you will still be standing Firm. I want you to know today that because of God who is on your side, because of the Jesus that is living inside of you, the battles may rage, the storms may come, but you will still be standing and not just standing, you will be standing firm. Remember what we read, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, may you experience how deep, how wide, how long, how high the love of God is. I love what this says, these four things. It's on your notes because I wrote it this morning because I thought it was so powerful. But listen, for you today, God's love is wide enough to include every person. God's love is long enough to last through eternity. And God's love is deep enough to reach the worst sinner. And God's love is high enough to take us to heaven to remember who we actually are. Come on, every single one of us, we see that God's love can move in our life. We are all covered by the love of God and the life of Jesus that he's given for us. It's wide enough, long enough, deep enough, and high enough for every single one of us, even you, even me. So we've got to make some practical decisions today. And here they are, really simple. As we close, stay grounded. Stay grounded, not like grounded like when you're kids, not stay in your room, but stay grounded. Remember, you have a foundation to stand on, a firm foundation. Stay humble. Remember, you can't do this without God. You can't. You can try, but just take it from me. You can't. Stay humble. Realize you need God. You need other people. You need his church. You need his life-giving community, trusting him and serving. The third thing is stay standing. Remain faithful. Don't give up. What did Paul just tell us? One of the last verses in Ephesians. After the battle, you'll be standing firm. If you keep your eyes on the example that Jesus has set for you. Here's what Jesus has done. Therefore, now we live differently. Jesus has given his life. So now, therefore, we trust him with our life. God loves us more than we could possibly imagine. Therefore, now, we help people see that and know that real, amazing ways. It's one decision at a time. That simple decision today is to live differently. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today as we close? Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only He can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to local church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.